commentary, technology, preparedness, and pop culture. From Nashville, Tennessee, the home of hot chicken. I'm Jess, the straight Christian conservative one. And I'm Chris, a gay Buddhist libertarian. We will explore today's issues with opposing viewpoints. And feature guests with incredible or unique stories. We may see things differently. But in the end, this is Still Still Love love You, bro. Bro. Man. Issues. We finally nailed that one. I had some issues with saying issues, though. I was yeah. like, issues. That's okay. It was horrible. We made it through it. Yeah. It's all right. We made it through two weeks, too. I, I know everybody's kind of wondering what happened to that week. Yeah, that week. Can we just... Oh, man. I, I think I can take that week, um, just pick it up, and throw it in the trash. That work God, week, that I is. I mean, that we was have, just... Jess and I have full-time jobs, and the last several weeks have just been We're working for our money. Working yes. for our money. Earned every bit I don't of say it. that lightly, either. Like, I feel guilty if I sit at my desk for an hour, and... I've not had a chance. <laughs> yeah, we, we certainly earned our paychecks this week. Sure. Well, actually, we have a different guest today with a similar name, a familiar name, that is. Elijah, not my brother. Hello, Elijah. The other Eli. Yeah. Hello. He's here with us in the studio. He is. And uh, was he like just a a last like minute guest? Because I didn't even know he was coming. Well, surprise. Oh, hello. I found that you don't have an Eli, so I have an Eli. I was Perfect. kind of a guest of, uh, you know. We we are last resort common in Eli's. That is, I don't know how to. You say know, that. I've had conversations with this Eli, and he has a lot to talk about. So I thought, you know what? If there was just a place you could go that had a microphone and you could talk into it, and here we are. Perfect. I mean, it's just in his backyard, quite literally. So <laughs> there you go. Well, um, why don't you just introduce yourself? I suppose. I'm Elijah. I just turned eighteen. So uh, he's he's cleared to be on the show. Perfect. Don't have to get parental consent to be I'm old. <laughs> we don't have. Yeah, um, he's made fun of of me before in my age, and I'm like, just wait till you turn eighteen. It'll change a little bit. Oh, I'm old, but the good thing here is that Chris and Jess are both older than me, right? And will always be. That's right. We'll edit out the part where we start beating on him. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, this is gonna be like hanging out with my brothers. Oh man. So, Chris, do we have anything today, like, on the menu? I think I've got something we can pull out if we need to. But You know, you know. it was a very interesting um, last couple of weeks, and, and it was all filled with crazy stuff and politics. And I know we don't want to yeah. talk about politics. Um, of course not. Of course we don't want to No, I did see um I did see an article that um, a lady and her grandmother, I believe, were driving down a, an interstate in um, Florida. And I guess the car in front of them hit a turtle and it flew the turtle over the car and it came crashing into their windshield and like hit the grandmother. It went through it? Went through the windshield. This is a big turtle. I mean, we're not talking a little box turtle. Like a Florida sized turtle. Yeah. Like a a sea turtle. At least it wasn't a Texas sized turtle. Right. But it went through the windshield and like hit her in the face and they had to call 911. Oh, that's terrifying. The turtle traveling at lethal velocities. It looked like it. Well, she survived, right? Yes, yes, okay. she did survive, but... So it was slightly under lethal velocity. Less lethal. Less than lethal turtle. What's happened, though, is as we've been doing this show, and I search for news articles, now my computer thinks that I'm looking for crazy stories. <laughs> so, like, all through the day, just the oddest of things pop up. And well, that's some good. Of them, yeah, I It guess. does some of the work for you. I guess. I, none of them that I've seen so far I want to talk about. Well... Hey, you know, I actually, when I was in college, um, I don't know how I keep getting on these shows like this, but I did a radio show in the morning for like three years while I was in college. And it was, it was like a morning, like halfway comedy, halfway music show. We talked about a lot of crazy news. So I had like these three websites that I would always visit. And it was, I mean, it just shows you how much technology learns about you every morning. 
I would just open my laptop and those were in like my suggested ready to go. And I was like, just click on three of them and then boom, there we go. So that's crazy. Man, that was the good old days. I feel like the world was so much more unceremoniously crazy back then because all the crazy stories were not like controversial. It was just like, hey, this is crazy and kind of funny. So like I had stuff about bank robbers trying to steal um, a ATM in like four different ways and they always failed. Like they tried to pull it out with their truck with a chain and the chain broke. And then they tried to take a sledgehammer and they hit hit it for like 30 minutes and it didn't work. <laughs> yes. Oh man. The reason I brought up the turtle story is because Elijah's here and I'm going to, I'm going to tell on Elijah a little bit. Um, Elijah is, um, he's a hunter and he's hunted since I've known him. And um, he eats a lot of things that I, and I'm from the country and I, and he's brought things in that I thought were strange. I had no idea you could eat. So when I say that turtle, like, I saw, and I'm I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm calling you out. Uh, on his Facebook, I saw him post a, a turtle one day, and I'm like, hey, what are you going to do with that? He's going to eat it. And then all oh. of a sudden, now, anything he puts on his Facebook that I see is a little small woodland creature, I'm like, how'd it taste? Oh, my god! So I didn't know you could eat turtles. They're very good, especially deep fried. How do you eat? How, yeah, like, how do you prepare what is, that? What is edible in a turtle? Uh, everything that's not the guts of the shell. Okay, well, I guess that's that makes sense. Uh, they are a pain to clean. And wait a minute, if you if you have kids listening with this show, now's the time to send them to do chores because <laughs> we are going to get Especially in depth. Especially if they like turtles. Yes, so send them away. Hit pause, and then so tell us how you how do you get to that part of the turtle? So first off, you have to kill the turtle, and then you have to wait an hour, two hours for it to stop moving. Wait, if how do you wait. kill it? Uh, get its head out of the shell. You can shoot it. Or you can chop the head off. Typically, I shoot it, it to where it stops trying to run away. And it I takes like head off. an hour? Sometimes longer. I've processed them in an hour and had them still trying to walk away. Can't you just turn it gone. upside down? Like won't let walk it bleed away? out? Or? I mean, I can do that, but then it's moving and I'm trying to skin it and it's trying to claw my hands off. Okay. How does it maintain consciousness without the head? I've like, always heard it's because they have a really slow metabolism and a lot of muscle memory. That's interesting. Wild. So, like, a lot of their instincts and reactions are muscle memory? That's what I've heard. I've never really done any real We need, like, a biologist on the show to confirm some of these things. I know. That'd that's be a interesting. really interesting guest to have. You know I'm going to Google this tonight, like, how to take apart and eat a turtle. <laughs> well, you know, that's, like, the last thing I'm sure when a biologist guest would want to talk about is, hey, so we had a hunter that was talking about murdering turtles on the, on the show. We were just curious. Why, after he cuts the head off, does the turtle keep moving for an hour? Like... That seems like a really good opening question for a for a biologist who cares about nature. They so, might would leave. Now, yeah. <laughs> and, and so I'm going to assume that the way to get to the turtle meat is you literally have to pull apart the shell. It's actually really easy. You really? can take, as long as you have sharp knives, and right along where the bottom of the shell meets the top harder shell, there's actually a connective, almost like a cartilage, that you can pretty much slice right through with a uh, fillet knife. Hmm. And you cut along the bottom of that. And then you just skin it out. The hardest part is the turtle keeps moving. So it's kind of like an oyster at this wow. point. <laughs> it's like a half shell with some. Wow. So this this is the most fascinating thing about this to me is this is a this is an animal that is no longer conscious. It has no sense. It is not alive. It is literally just the the residual nerve impulses that are causing it to move around. That's crazy because it it's not communicating with the brain anymore. The brain has no mm-hmm. idea what's going on. The brain's dead. Mm-hmm. So that's so weird. It's interesting. I know, and I, I, I would have had no idea that you could eat no. a turtle. I mean, I, I have no idea that a turtle kept on living like a chicken with its head cut off for a while. I mean, so do fish, though, too. I went to process some catfish and had them start moving on me. Oh, like the like the back end of it or something? After you'd... 
like them and... head off and I'm flaying the flays off and it started flopping. Huh. Oh no. If I, I don't like touching fish anyway. And if somebody hands me a headless fish and it moves, I'm off the boat. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> oh, so and there was something else you actually cooked and breaded and fried and brought me a sample of, uh, what was that? Squirrel. I it believe. was a squirrel. Yeah. Uh, they're plentiful here in Tennessee. Oh but yeah, I I'd never I'd never tried squirrel to that one time. Okay, Tastes so like chicken. Does it really? If you deep fry it, yeah, and add like sriracha on it. Oh well, I, I suppose you know you got to sauce it up plenty to disguise the rodent taste, perhaps. I just always did a a regular uh, batter with like flour and cornmeal, and then uh, dipped it in ranch dressing. Huh. Well, here we go. We have a recipe book for. Wild animals of Tennessee for our listeners. <laughs> but you know what? Here's the deal. If the world goes south, which for a minute there I yeah, thought it was going to, then I'm going to Elijah's house and eating turtles and squirrels. He might be the only person eating around here. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, people are really losing touch with um, surviving. We keep talking about talking about survival. We need to do that. That's what show. I was about to we're suggest before now. we started. Yeah, How we're... to not starve when it goes south. Eat turtles. Yeah. Yeah, Eat and turtles. squirrels. That's the only thing. We so can do. the one thing I'm also avoiding, and it's hard to avoid, but Israel and Hamas, like they are just going at it for a long time. That's the yeah, I know that that issue is just crazy. There's all kinds of stuff going on with that right now. Like I just read a story the other day, and I don't have this pulled up, so I can't give you details. But there are like pro-Palestinian groups in New York that are like literally beating up Jew, Jewish people in the street right now. Like That's in, in New York and Chicago, both of them. Jews have been persecuted forever, but that's insane. Yeah, and the the fact that it's happening in the United States and we're not, like, hearing a huge outcry about it is really scary to me. Because, I mean, I understand that we have two political factions, and, you know, one of them is pro-Israel, one of them might be pro-Palestine, but neither of them should agree with beating up random people. I mean, especially if all the persecuted classes, the Jews, (laughs) I mean, they've literally been hunted and persecuted since their existence. Right. And, I mean... They, and that's the other thing I, I've heard with, um, you see news videos, it's it's almost, it's almost otherworldly in my mind. I watch like a news clip of thousands upon thousands of rockets flying over, uh, out of Palestine into Israel, and like the under text is saying, you know, Israel increases aggression with Palestine. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I can't imagine. I mean, both of those are beautiful countries. And we have a friend that actually lives in Israel. And it's beautiful. But what a different mindset. Like, for 11 days, they're tossing rockets back and forth at each other. You know? And so, like, bombs blow up. And they're, they just, they kind of, like, duck into a building. And they're like, well, the, the, you know, the rocket fire's over. Let's go about our daily lives. Like, what an interesting way. We have no clue what that's like. Yeah, seriously. To live in. It's a normal thing. Like, I've, I've seen... Like you said, I haven't actually been there, but I've seen videos of, you know, all of a sudden a bomb blows up or rocket lands. All the emergency services come to help. People pull people out of rubble and then they just go on without their day. They just, you know, go back to school, go back to work. It's just average. When they hear the sirens, they go into the inside of the buildings and hope they don't get hit. I mean, how do you live in a world like that? It's it's so foreign to us. But they keep going. And what's amazing is the, the intelligence that come out of those areas. I mean, a lot of... Um, very intelligent companies that are, you know, technology and science based are based in Israel. Well, and um, they're surrounded by enemies, and sure. they ha- they depend on that technology for their their survival. Like without the Iron Dome, Israel would be a crater right now. Sure, I mean there there there's been so much ordnance launched over that border into into Israel 
that if it all landed, I, I guarantee you there would be nothing left oh, just absolutely. from the sheer amount of explosive thrown at them. What a strange way to live. It is. And it's sad. Uh, it's sad that any country's got to go back and forth hurling rockets at each other. But Well, I mean, you got to look back at the causes of this. You've got you know one faction that wants to exist, and you've got one faction that does not want the other one to exist. Yeah. That's just basically how it is. And so you're never going to reach a, a peaceful point. However, it's, I mean, Trump did. He he somehow got them to cease fire and was working on a peace deal, but I don't, I don't even know where that's gone now. Apparently they're, and now they're, after like 11 days, they're now in another ceasefire. Mm. So, but I mean, that's just been how it's always been. Like they'll, they'll start throwing rockets at each other and then there's a ceasefire and there is no end to that conflict, I don't think. No, not without one side making a huge. Um, I mean, that's provision. like that's like Texas saying we disagree with the federal government and then launching rockets <laughs> into Washington D.C. Yeah, like, this is how this is how close that kind of conflict would be, or just over the border. Yeah. Like I'm just going to throw a rocket, throw over rockets into like Mexico or something. Yeah, like, oh my. that's crazy. So you, what do you have? I I've had a couple things I've been debating bringing up. Um, there, one of them is kind of related to the conflict we're talking about, I guess, as far as the political division. Um, there are five rural counties um, in Oregon that have voted successfully to leave and join Idaho. What? Yeah. So um, so that will change the, the maps outlined? Right. Change of... the borders of the state. No. If they let it. So Who votes for that? The counties or the state? Yeah. So uh, these are red counties. And they live in in Oregon, which is dominated by, you know, cities that are really big, big blue areas. And these are some of the red areas. And they say, you know what? We don't think we're represented in this in this state. So we want to go to Idaho where we are. And I'm pretty sure Idaho is like, yeah, sure. Why not? (laughs) So let me understand this. So Oregon, not the state of Oregon, but the individual county governments can vote to move out of Oregon and into Idaho. And so if this happens, then they're really like Idahoans now. Well, who knows? I mean, I don't think we've ever had this happen before. So who knows what happens? That's interesting. Does it have to go through the state? Do they have to approve it? I mean, because they're not going to. So what recourse do these counties have? Maybe it's just sending a message, kind of like Brexit. Well, it's not like it's going to happen anytime soon. This is, I'm reading from this article here on deserter.com or desk. Deseret? I don't even know how to say this. Deseret News. Dessert News. Um, And they're quoting the Washington Post. So Citizens for Greater Idaho is the group. And the group's president, Mike Carter, has pushed this measure forward, hoping that Republican parts of Oregon would better be represented by Idaho. So this is a measure to consider the remaking of the border of Oregon uh, to become part of Idaho. So That's insane. And this is an interesting, um, I guess diversion from the standard attitude that has been happening for the past few months about secession. Like you hear all the time, you know, this state wants to secede, you know, during the Trump years, you had California wanting to secede and they were trying to put that on the ballot. Um, And it's, it's from what I understand, not my opinion, but those who know much more than me about the issue, uh, secession is not really possible. Like, right, it's not. It's, it's not going to happen. It's sending a message. It, really. it it is, but it's not practical. But this is not secession. This is like, this is like a legitimate thing. This is hey, we think that the state, this state, does not represent us, and we want to take our land and go somewhere else. So You're take a bikini bottom and push it somewhere else. <laughs> 
Oh, God. Sorry. Counties, <laughs> county and the cities. The younger ones in our audience will appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, Eli laughed, so he knows yeah. what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, he did. He did. I yeah, didn't. SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. I'll just say I had no clue what you were talking <laughs> about. Um, cities and counties in government do this a lot. So if a city or if a, if a city wants more space in the county, they can annex and then move into the county and then vice versa. So, I mean, the, the land inside of a, a county municipality can change. So it would be like... So it would make sense that a, a county's involvement in a state could change. So it would be like Idaho annexing parts of Oregon, essentially. Yeah. That's what it would have to be. Or Oregon, like, un- yeah, annexing part of their state to... I'm really I mean, curious just, on how... I, I hope something like this happens. Not because I, I think it should. I mean... No. Do you know how many people have painted, like, really cool U.S. maps on the sides of buildings? And now you've oh, got to, that like, changes all the time. Think about how many people, like, worked their whole life to map out the U.S., like, cartographers back before we added certain states. I mean, that's just the course of it. Yeah, but we've had those states for a while now. It's not like we're changing the number. We don't have to change the flag. We don't have to, you know... No, but like you're that. having to, like, reprint maps with new lines. Oh, gosh. We have to reprint maps. Oh, dear. I, I I don't know. I I think I think the gain, you know, if, if these people don't feel like they're represented, they want to be somewhere where they are, then why not reelect them? people? I mean, you're setting a precedence. Like if you can just become another state, but they can't reelect people. They're 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 they don't have the power to do that because they're they don't have the numbers. And but they have these counties that are all red, and they don't agree with with uh, the way their state laws are. I think that's the importance of states. So and, the red know, county is not electing red leadership? They are, but they're but, outnumbered. But the red leadership is not, what, doing their wishes, or there's too much blue leadership? There's too much, because because of these, the way it is is like there's, there's huge liberal cities, blue cities, and okay. they have a lot of representation. Gotcha. They're in a small area. And then you have all the other large, like larger land masses that are red, and they they... They elect red representatives, but they just they don't have enough pull because of the I don't know if it's how they've gerrymandered it or whatever the the issue is, but obviously they don't feel like they don't have any other recourse but to leave. I feel like the easiest way is not to like have the whole county pack up and leave, but if you don't like it, move to Idaho, like buy a house in Idaho and move. Well, it's like I mean that's gonna be a lot easier than like re annexing a county. You got to think about this. A lot of these people are landowners though. Like they they probably own large. They're farmers, or they're you know, they've had stuff that's been in their in their uh, in their family's name for a long time, and they don't want to move. And but at the same time, they feel like their government is is putting restrictions on them that they don't think are necessary. Like that's the reason we have states, in my opinion, is because you know we in Tennessee don't live at the same standards of those who live in New York and or California, and just like that, they do the same because they don't fit for us. You know, we don't we don't want to abide by the laws in California because. We like the laws in Tennessee and how they are, and and we elect people that represent that. But, but I mean, here's you know, I'm I'm not red, and I'm not going to say I'm blue, but I'm not red. So I, I feel like it would be easier for me to move to New York than say, well, I like Kentucky better, and most of my friends do in this county, so let's just become part of Kentucky. Well, sure, but that's going to be very is, difficult a, to pull a, off. Yeah, it is a really. I'm going to be surprised if it works. I would love to see it if it worked because. I want to know what the legal precedent is going to be with this. Oh, it's going to set a huge precedent. I mean, because then we're going to have like a whole state reorganization. You'll probably see counties in California um, try to try to switch over to maybe make their own state. That's been a thing for a while. Like Southern California has been wanting to create their own state for a while because, you know, they they're ruled all this land and all these people are ruled by the large 
cities in California, and that's just how it's always been. But yeah, who knows? Lots of crazy things happening. We will watch this. Yeah, I think this will be a good story to keep an eye on. Um, well, Elijah, I'm sorry. We kind of, <laughs> you're just kind of sitting there nodding your head, and yeah, he's just hanging out. No, I'd rather keep my it's mouth like, closed uh, and open it. And it's make like the other Eli. It's like the other Eli when we're talking about um, uh, technology and like IT <laughs> yeah. stuff. He's just sitting there like, oh, yep. I no. saw his eyes like roll sense. around in a circle one day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. The other thing I brought was, um, so this is a coronavirus thing. So there's a there's a French Nobel Prize winner. Um, he's a scientist, and he's written a lot of peer-reviewed papers. Um, he uh, won a Nobel Prize in 2008 for his work on HIV. And uh, he has come out and said that he believes that there is significant enough evidence to say that the coronavirus did come out of a laboratory in Wuhan rather than transition from a bat bat right in a wet okay. market and how how did he get to this determination so he's arrived at this because um there are D, uh, dna sequences that are essentially carbon copies from those in hiv inside the coronavirus and there are also dna sequences that are carbon copies from malaria inside the coronavirus and he says that there is no natural way for these things to exist together unless they were engineered. Interesting. So so someone took a, a coronavirus, which coronaviruses have been around. I mean, there are many types of coronaviruses. Yep. So somebody took the carrier as a coronavirus and added some other sequences to it to design. Is that what he's implying? Yeah. That- so, I mean, what it sounds like to me is, well... Think about it. HIV is one of the most deadly and dangerous diseases to humans, or uh, and or at least the virus. That virus is one of the most because it, cr- it causes AIDS, which is a very dangerous disease, and um, and then malaria, which is probably one of the m- most like it's it's a I think it's a parasite, right? Is malaria a parasite? I'm thinking. I think so, but it has it. It, it is another super deadly to humans virus, or not virus, but super deadly to humans organism. And so they've probably taken some sort of function from that DNA sequence and put it into this coronavirus because they're looking to create a more deadly virus. So, but why would a lab do this? Why not? I mean, do you think it was an experiment to make it just to see, or do you think it was intentionally released? The funny thing is, is we've known about this, these experiments going on in Wuhan for a long time. In fact, um, the U.S. cut funding, I think in the Obama years, to this certain laboratory because they were experimenting with dangerous experiments that were essentially called gain of function. So you're trying to enhance a virus um, to jump to the human species. They were experimenting with this. It's well known. It was documented. And is it experimenting in order to understand how it works so they could maybe understand how their, to treat it? That's their claim. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, the lady who is the head of this, who has disappeared, um, by the way, thank you, Chinese government, for that. Um, she has disappeared, but she had put uh, placed several peer, uh, peer-reviewed articles or, or um, papers in the Lancet, which is a, like a national medical research paper. Um, in those articles, or papers, that is, she talks about how, and this is one of the reasons that her articles were removed from the Lancet, she begins to discuss how viruses can be weaponized. I honestly believe that the Chinese government, I mean, they don't put it past the Chinese government at all, we're trying to make a weaponized virus. I mean, that just makes sense. We've we've had movies about this for years. We have the technology to do it. 
And now all of a sudden we have a super uh, a deadly virus come out of a a random town that also happens to have a virology lab that has been um, that funding was revoked from because they were experimenting with deadly gain of function research. And it somehow is far fetched to believe that this virus did not come out of this lab and it jumped from a bat. Not to mention it has the DNA sequences from HIV from HIV and um, malaria. That's interesting. So, but I mean, the majority from, from what I've read of people that have been affected seriously up to and including death are the elderly population who are the most vulnerable. So was the goal to kind of reset the population? Well, think about what what's going on with this. It wasn't just it wasn't just the elderly that were affected. Every single person was affected. Every country was shut down. Sure. Economies were shut down. And during this whole period of time, you know, uh, and, and in this paper, this lady also says, you know, if this virus were to ever escape, specifically talking about certain coronaviruses that they're experimenting with, we have a medication that would act well with it, and that is um, hydroxychloroquine. Uh, and that was well known in that paper. And all of a sudden, there was when when it came out that hydroxychloroquine could be used, there was a huge disinformation campaign, in my opinion, um, in the U.S. that said, "Oh, it's dangerous with for people with heart problems. We shouldn't be taking hydroxychloroquine." And then there was a huge, you know, ban on it during the whole virus thing. Well, here's my thought: we didn't hardly get any information from China during this thing. So, what if they were using hydroxychloroquine over there? What if they wanted to get ahead of the world, you know, and and keep their economies running? While everyone else is trying to battle off this virus, that's that's a far fetched theory. But I'm just sure. saying it, it. The the motivation is there. I mean, this is China is a is a communist regime. It is a ruthless regime. They murder their own people. They're you know slaughtering um, uh, groups of Muslims. You know by the thousands, committing genocide against them. They've been genociding Christians for years. It doesn't seem too big of a step for them to have been experimenting with with viruses to try to get them to become some sort of biological weapon. Um, uh, germ warfare, like who knew? Well, that's. I mean, I feel like that's the future now because it, it. This is like the first successful deployment. If it, if it does turn out that they can prove this, because here's the other thing, um, you're seeing a lot of news outlets that eventually that heard this theory and they tried to, you know, they called it lies or they called it conspiracy theories. Well. Some of these places have taken down their reviews and said, you know, there's one that's like, what is it that they use, like the pants on fire rating or whatever. There's some like popular review site. Well, they've taken down their pants on fire rating for this theory because it's re- recently, it's recently become known that it's totally possible. I say recently, but it's been known for a while. Anyway, so this uh, professor, uh, his his name is Luke. Um, Montier, I think that's how you say it. Like I said, he's a Nobel Prize winner. Um, he has come out and said that it's totally possible that this can happen. The claims that this was a, um, that this was you know somehow from a bat don't doesn't make any sense just because of the g- genetic signatures of this. And there's a lot of people that have come out and said that he's crazy too. I mean, but you know he's got several published papers he's a nobel prize winner why are we all of a sudden saying that oh you know this guy's just a conspiracy theorist when there's he's so but the problem is there's so many theories and so many possibilities the reality is we'll never know i don't think we'll ever now during the mad cow crisis they were able to track down to the region and the farm and the stall right. of the cow that started mad cow <clears throat> but for whatever reason i just don't think that we'll ever find out anything about the 
the real origins of coronavirus. Mainly because probably if if someone was tasked to create this as germ warfare, they're long gone. Oh, I know. That's what the, we, we have her papers. We know that she was she's gone now. She's missing. Um, they've actually um, there's been some research on this. I think actually by the United States, they've been doing studies on where it originated. And uh, I heard that they they used uh, cell phone towers to triangulate um, activity. And they noticed that before the outbreak started, there was a period of about two weeks when nobody was in the lab. They had shut down completely. It makes me think that perhaps they were isolating for some reason. They were not wanting to go in the lab. I mean, that all that is out there. It's hard to find, but it is out there. Um, I just wish I would have been prepared because <laughs> I probably would have brought a lot of this. We need to we need to put some of the stuff in the show notes, but... Yeah, we do. Uh, anyway, but uh, the other thing about this guy is he also just came out and said that um, uh, about the vaccine, um, 60% of the new cases they're seeing, at least in, in France, are from fully vaccinated people. Wow. 60% of the new hospitalized cases. So That's interesting. It is very strange that, you know, this vaccine has been marketed as, you know, hey, get it. Don't get coronavirus. Don't die. And all of a sudden, there's arguably, arguably hardly any difference. Now, that could be... Obviously, it disproves the whole you won't get it if you get it, if you get the vaccine. But the people that are getting the vaccine are most likely the ones that are most vulnerable. So the people that have the compromised immune systems, the people that have, you know, other pre-existing conditions, it makes sense that they would still get if If someone could get the virus, they would probably get it. Sure. You know. So anyway, probably need to step off the. What a, yeah, what a depressing story. Isn't it great? What a depressing time. Um, <laughs> Biological warfare in the world. Do you know Marjorie Taylor Greene? Yeah, I, I know her name. So I saw this news article. I'm not going to talk about this long, but I find it interesting. Marjorie Taylor Greene compares the house mask mandates to the Holocaust. Interesting. I want to see this. That's a deep cut. I mean, I don't know if she understands what happened in the Holocaust, but I don't think a mask mandate in the House of Representatives is anywhere near. I think that's probably a bad comparison to make. Now, is she saying like... Is she just using like the the star the reference or whatever? No, the the there's been a lot of turmoil about the the actual mask wearing policy in the house. The speaker of the house is um uh, has been changing that, and obviously, like everywhere in life, everything is just kind of split down the middle of people who believe. And so she compared it to the Holocaust. Okay, so I found the quote here. So this is what she says. This is a quote from Marjorie Taylor Greene. Quote. You know, we can look back at time in history where people were told to wear a gold star and they were definitely treated like a second-class citizen. So, so much so that they were put on trains and taken to gas chambers in Nazi Germany, she says. And this and this is exactly the type of abuse that Nancy Pelosi is talking about. You can never compare health-related restriction... Oh, this is... I'm sorry, this is not her. This is a different person. Um, but, you know, yeah. Uh, that, that I think that that does. We've talked about Holocaust comparisons before on this show, right? And you know, although I don't, I don't necessarily like the mask thing. I definitely don't feel like I'm being looked at differently because if I do or if I don't, right? Um, now, I, here's I think where she's going with this is the CDC has come out now and they have said that if you were fully vaccinated. You no longer have to wear a mask. You don't have to social distance. You can essentially go back to your life. 
Now, that's only for fully vaccinated people. So I, I think how she's making this comparison is if you are not fully vaccinated, you are a second class citizen. And this kind of this kind of comes back to what I said at the beginning of this. And I think this was several episodes ago. Elijah, I don't know if you made it too far this far or not, but I finally um, made it up to speed was to the most recent episode. Okay, great. So I think I don't remember when it was, but I talked about how my fear for this is if we have some sort of vaccine passport system nationally recognized where me, because I choose not to get the vaccine, I'm not going to be allowed to fly. I'm not going to be allowed to go to concerts, enter, enter certain buildings. I'm not going to be able to get, go to enter a government building. You know, I, well, I had a scare where my employer almost fired me because I wasn't getting, you know, the vaccine or they at least said that it's going to be a requirement. They didn't say, hey, you're fired if you're not. But they said it will be a requirement. I mean, that that sounds terrifying to me because that basically says uh, you have to discontinue your life until you make this health decision that you necessarily don't want to make. So although I don't think it's a necessary Holocaust comparison, I see where Green is coming from when she's saying they're creating two classes of citizens, one that agrees with them and they get all the benefits of agreeing with this, with a vaccine. Well, it depends on how you look at a benefit because if you, if you feel confident in the vaccines and, and, and what the CDC says, you're, you're agreeing with, Hey, I've done what I need. I can go back to life because I'm not going to catch or spread coronavirus. But if you haven't gotten the vaccine, then you're capable of spreading it. So yeah, you should, you know, have well, to wear a mask. Spread it should to not who? be social distancing. Who am I spreading it to? Anybody else? I mean, that, anybody who doesn't get the vaccine. On, it's what side you're what side you're looking on. If you if you don't believe in if you believe that coronavirus is hyped up and the vaccine is not valid, and somebody tells you you still have to wear a mask, it's a lot bigger well, of a problem than somebody who. I mean, you just said you're going to spread the vac- spread the virus. Okay, who who am I going to spread the virus to if I choose not to get the vaccine? Who, who, if you have, if you have the virus and come in contact with people, any yeah. of those people are at risk of getting it. Okay. So the people that are at risk of getting it, who we've talked about on the last episode that was aired, I've made a calculation. I said, I'm young. I don't have any preexisting conditions to worry about. The chances of me getting the coronavirus, let alone dying from it are very slim. So I would rather just forget about the vaccine because I don't think I want to take it. That's based upon my own risk calculation. And I also said people who are at risk of getting the coronavirus and dying from it, the elderly, those who have more than two pre-existing conditions or two or more, I think it is, several other factors, you should get the vaccine because your chances of having a negative reaction to the vaccine or your long-term effects are going to be much more slim. So if the people who are vulnerable from the vac- or from the coronavirus have gotten the vaccine, well, then who am I going to spread it to by not getting it as a healthy 24-year-old? Do you want do you want a list of names? No, but I mean, I mean, I want you to like. That's my argument. It's it's why why is it a problem that if I choose not to get the vaccine, who am I going to spread it to? Other people who have chosen not to get the vaccine. Well, then it's our problem. Why is it a problem for the people who choose to get the vaccine? I guess because the the whole goal is so that we're stopping community and mass spread. Because the more it's being spread regardless of whether that you feel okay from it or you die from it is that the more people that are getting it, the more the chances are that it could make it to immune compromised people or or people. And I know people that, that want the vaccine, but can't take it. So I guess it's about the numbers and spread. If you spread it to one person who may be, you know, as healthy as you, 
that's fine. That's one spread. But if that person comes in contact with two people and those two come in contact with two people, an interesting thing I heard today too, I was watching a, um, a documentary on multi-level marketing scheme. This is way uh, out of topic, but it's not where they talk about if you sign, you know, three of your friends up under like a, a pyramid, well, not a pyramid scheme, a multi-level marketing company. And then you expect is that the fancy word for it. Yeah. And then you expect them to sign three people up. <clears throat> that cycle can only repeat 15 times. Why? Because if you sign three people up and those people sign three, and then all of those people sign three in 15 cycles, that would be everybody on the planet. Oh, wow. Because of math. So <clears throat> I know I never really because thought about math. that. Interesting. Exactly. So so think about that though, and that's that's the reason I think the CDC wants to control the spread rate because even though let's take the first three healthy people who you know may not be hurt from hurt from Corona or you know killed from Corona, and if the three if you spread it to one person and they spread it to two and then those two spread it to two the amount of people that could potentially get it and the risk of who that who you having it could affect that you don't even know that is immunocompromised or elderly greatly increases. So I, I guess the argument that I'm understanding the CDC is not, you know, it's not about your choice in the vaccine, I guess, but it's more about lessening the spread. And we talked, that was the big keyword before, like stop the Slowing spread. the spread. Slowing the Slowing. spread. Well, it wasn't explained properly. This is, this is the thing though. Spread. Is that a bad thing? Is it a bad thing for this virus to spread to lots of people? Because most of those people, according to statistics, are going to fight it off and they're going to gain immunity. Well, I think the people that probably die from it said, no, it's not a good idea to spread because well, they sure, but die. are we are is is ninety eight percent of the population supposed to shut down or 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 abide by a mandate that they don't necessarily agree with to protect two percent of the population? I, you know, you'd have to ask 500,000 people in the United States what? how they feel about it. Or how many how many people have now in India have died? I mean, it's, I no it's astronomical. I don't live in India. I mean, but we <laughs> see the news. Like, a lot of people have died. I guess it's what you're focused on. And I, so, it's not I that I don't care so. about the living. Yeah, but exactly. All the people that have died would have loved to have had the spread slowed. Well, but th here's the thing. I really think that a lot of these people, at least when I was when I was working during this thing when i was still in emt i i a lot of the people that i saw that were really sick with this were really sick anyway i mean i can almost i i, I talked to a lot of folks that say oh yeah i lost so and so to covid i said okay well you know what else do they have they said oh yeah they had copd they had heart failure da, da, da. this is most of the people that have had this they have pre-existing conditions i'm not saying their life is worth any less right but you know but what about the people the, that don't know I've known a lot of young people who have died from COVID and they had no idea that they had a pre-existing yeah, condition. Sure. I, I knew, I knew one person that did that. Yeah. So what if this is before we had a vaccine anyway, you know, this is before, this is why we're doing all the social distancing and slowing the spread and all that. So, right. yeah. so, I mean, all these people are, would have loved to have had the spread. So anyway, going back to not to get off the, off the cliff on coronavirus, but you know, the goal is to, to slow the spread. And do I think masks work? I don't know. Everybody wanted me to wear it. I wore it where I was supposed to wear it, and I, and I didn't where I didn't. I never got COVID. I, I There were probably a couple times when I should have when my spouse had COVID, um, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's because I have a good immune system or because my HVAC system is filtered with UV light, or I just didn't happen to pick up enough of those particles laying on the ground and, and touch my mouth. I wash my hands a lot. I'm 
I'm a neat freak. So, you know, who knows? I don't know, but I don't want to take that chance. What if I just, I just didn't have enough particles? Sure. You know? And I, I, I'll say this again. I don't care if you get it or not. It really doesn't matter to me. I've just made the decision that I don't want to. Sure. And I don't want my life to be restricted for the rest of my life because I made a medical decision for myself. I, I don't want the federal government to make a medical decision for me. Sure. It's my body, just like the abortion argument. It's my body. I should be able to do what I want to it. And there should be no penalties for me not doing this. You know, you could argue that abortion negatively affects the population. You could totally argue that because, I mean, think about it. it you could, I know it's, I'm not, I'm not basing this off of science or anything, but I'm just saying hypothetically, let's say that there was a group or a large portion of the population that believed that abortion is horrible and they believed. And there that, are. Yeah. Well, there is. That's, that's the funny thing is most Republicans think that abortion should be banned. So let's say that, you know, most people think that abortion is terrible. Most people think that it is a negative to society and it should be gotten rid of. And these people get into power and they say, you know what? Abortion is killing millions upon millions of children every year, which is true. Almost a oh, hundred millions. Okay. It's killing that many children a year. So we need to get rid of it completely. So here's the thing. If you don't, if you get an abortion in your lifetime, we're going to put you on a registry. And if when you're on this registry, you can't fly on a plane, you can't do this, you can't do X, you lose privileges if you have an abortion or you somehow support an abortion. But that abortion is not going to make anybody sick. It doesn't so, matter. But it's, look at the flip it side. It, that's, it's, you it's about the principle. Plane, it's about the principle. If you get on the plane with somebody that has you know a, a highly communicable disease, would you want to know about it? What do we do with murderers? With murderers? Yeah. We convict them to jail. Right. Okay. So what if what if we're saying that abortion is murder? Shouldn't we put that person in jail who the doctor or the or the mother? I, I'm saying it's it doesn't matter what the result is. It these two things are completely different issues and they have completely different ramifications. But the idea is a political party is in power, they have an opinion, regardless if you agree with it or not, they are saying if you don't, if you make this medical decision or you don't make this medical decision, you have less rights than everyone else that does. That's the problem I have. Sounds like you're not going to be flying. I don't <laughs> I'm think not. I don't think that's going to happen. You know happen. what? If I have to, if I have to have my vaccine passport, I tell you what, I work hard to figure out how to how to you know hack into it and get my name in there just for, just for kicks. You know? I'll start selling that service because I mean, what are they going to do? It's it's. You know, it, wh that's the thing is like, wh what's the penalty for having a fake vaccine card? Like, what is it? it? There isn't one. If you have to show it to go into the freaking grocery store, then it's but it's a piece of paper. It's not a legal document it yeah. and has handwriting on it. I mean, it just they look too easy to fake. That's why I'm scared for this whole digital vaccine passport thing that they're wanting to do, because that's going to be really hard to fake. And if 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 my life is going to be restricted for the rest of my life, then I guess I better get good at driving and walking because I won't be getting on no more planes. <laughs> there you go. Buy your own plane. Buy my own plane. That's what I'll do. Well, you know, that's what that's what's going to happen next is in order to get your pilot's license, you have to be vaccinated because you wouldn't want to give yourself coronavirus in your single seat plane. Right. Exactly. So. Well, wow. Elijah. We full circle. <laughs> hey, and Elijah's still here. He's been sitting here this whole time, believe it or not. I'm just listening. Yeah, he's just listening. He's 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 a half guest, half audience member today. That's I feel like we're like performing in front of a live studio audience. Now. I think so. 
Yeah. I so think. you're of a different generation. Probably Eli's. He and Eli are the same age, roughly. About right? the same, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I what, think he's a year older than me. Yeah. What are some your generation words that we may know? Quiz us on something. Oh, I don't know most of that. Are we copying Chloe? Um, <laughs> I liked that. I did like segment. that. We need to make sure Chloe does that each time. I really do think that, I mean, and you can speak for yourself, Elijah, but I don't think you're a good sample for, you know, who what the hip thing in the current generation is. I have to Google a lot. This is a man that eats various different forest animals in the state of Tennessee. So. Yeah. Anybody, I've never heard him use any of those words anyway. Yeah. Anybody here know what poggers is? Poggers? Okay. That sounds um, like some kind of excrement from something you ate in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> Close. Close? Not really. Okay, I've heard, let me, uh, I've watched YouTube videos with it in before, and it's it almost like I saw it become popular, but I had no idea the origins, and I don't know what it means. So explain. I've only recently learned it because I met someone who hates it, so I've made sure they to hate? start incorporating incorporating it into my dialogue. That just tells you that kind of person that he is. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it is, oh, these napkins are poggers, as in these napkins are cool, awesome. He's holding a box of napkins so poggers, to, to illustrate. Poggers is cool. It's like, like the word cool? Yeah. That's the best of my understanding. You need to really? yeet that out of your dictionary. <laughs> just yeet it out. Um, that's an, what that's is another that? one. That's <laughs> another I don't one. even know where that one came from. I saw that's that on existing. TikTok once and I didn't understand it. The whole the like, she point thing? to the... Um, she, she, I walked whatever. into work one day and I was trying to take an order and people started saying it. I literally... What was, is this though? I was, you, like, put your finger at your, your crook of your elbow. See, what the first time I think that was a thing is there was a basketball player. But he did that while he's saying he had ice in his veins. So I don't oh. know where any of it came See, I from. thought that was like, it looks like injecting meth or something. <laughs> yeah, I know. I see people on TikTok like doing that. I'm like, what does that mean? Oh, hey, the, the, I put the word meth in there. So there goes our family-friendly oh, on Spotify. Dad don't comment. do meth. Don't do meth. PSA, just because you heard me say it. I know you have no idea what it is, kids, but just don't even look it up. Don't Google it. But yeah, so I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. There's so many new words. That that that's uh, just popping up on YouTube when I'm watching videos that I really just don't know the origin. Sheesh! I was in the airport the other day, and it just started exploding from out of nowhere. Like there's just people making that sound, and I'm like, <laughs> "What in the world is going on?" Sounds like at the airport in a foreign country. It's like uh, I don't even know what it is. Well, I was at Sonic, and I heard a bunch of people doing yeah. it. Yeah. Just, what? In the there's world? also a very strong scent of marijuana coming from them too. But I just drive by and I hear them all yelling, "Sheesh!" Okay. Am I the it, it work, Chris? At work, am I the only one that like every once in a while walk like in the parking lot or in the hallway, and I will catch a whiff of that? I mean, you know, let me just say this: statistically speaking, knowing how many people um, do partake in uh, recreational marijuana use, <clears throat> it is very likely that at any given time, indoors or outdoors, you're probably around somebody that smokes marijuana. Yeah. And I just okay, it's, and I just yeah. I catch it all the time, and it's like. Where well, is this coming from? I do I stink? Do I smell like skunk? Or is I this just know where marijuana? you work, so I can go get high with your coworkers. <laughs> oh, oh my! Oh, before I was, I got to tell the story now. So one, I used to work at McDonald's. That was my first job. Okay, it was it was McDonald's right down the road from my school, and um, I was young and naive back then, and. Um, I had um, it. It was like really late, and it was there was really slow. And my manager and like two other employees, one of whom I went to high school with, they all decided to go take their break together. And like, I, I, I had no idea anything like even in high school, I think it was probably like a sophomore or junior or something. I still had no idea. I was very naive. 
And um, they obviously had, you know, they walked back in and they're, they're very flush. And their eyes were shot and they were just acting really goofy. And I just, it took me like a, several years to realize what actually happened. <laughs> but I specifically remember that just walking back in and them not really being able to function for the rest of the night. But that was exactly what was happening. Oh, those funny cigarettes. I didn't even know the smell either. Like, I feel like I'm experiencing it way more often these days ever since I've like, like through my, through my work, I've, I've been able to experience the smell of that. So having, worked, having never partaken myself. Wait, you work for a, Somebody on the corner? No, no. When I was <laughs> when I was in college, um, oh, there's another story. We had a fire at an apartment complex one time, and uh, it was in a wall. So we had to go and like go through multiple apartment buildings to make sure it wasn't going up through the wall and catching multiple um, buildings on fire. Well, we had to get, we let someone we had to get let into this one one uh, building where it was occupied. And there was this one uh, little apartment, and there are people in there, and they let us in and stuff like that. Well, as we were going in, the uh, the the uh, male uh, occupant said, "Hey, hey, wait, wait! I need to go get my jacket real quick." And I was like, "Okay, go ahead." You know, so he it's goes. Not and that we've got a building on fire. Goes go and your- gets his jacket and runs back out. Well, it was like it was like eighty degrees outside, by the way. So it was kind of weird. I didn't it, putting two and two together. That wasn't all he was getting when he went in there. And of course, we walked in there. Holy cow, that was the strongest, most stinkiest marijuana I have ever smelled in my entire life. <laughs> well, Jess is like high trying to fight a fire. Seriously, now. Like, I seriously, hand. we were concerned. And I like walked up to the officer <laughs> walking out. I was like, hey, do you know what's going on in there? He's like, yeah, it's not that big. Of a deal. Like, okay, fine. Whatever. So, yeah, yeah nobody really cares about it. It's going to be legal soon. I think yeah, it it's going to be federal. I mean, it just, it's about, time. I don't know what I hate smell worse is that smell or, or uh, cigarettes. I think, I guess marijuana is better because it is less bad for you in a way than secondhand smoke i would think so because a cigarette has like thousands of carcinogens in them and marijuana comes from a tree i hate the smell of cigarettes yeah i can smell it i smoked a long time ago but i can smell it i mean and i have sinus problems and allergies all year but i can still smell it when somebody smokes it 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 just and you can tell like I've, i've taken a few computers home that were from smoking you know households or whatever yeah, because oh, it's certain, like a, a paste. Yeah, it's coating everything, especially the fans and stuff. Can you imagine what the lungs look like? Well, yeah, no kidding. Uh, it's like when you see those exper- uh, experiments or something where they like they bring two human lungs into the classroom, and one of them is a smoker lung. It's literally like black. I always thought that that was fake, but I've, apparently that's real. Yeah. You know. So, what do you think about all that, Elijah? <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, having worked at a fast food establishment, there have been many shifts where I've been the only sober person there. But Yeah. Uh, and that's just how it is sometimes. How it I is. Guess, you know? yeah. It's typical in that. You never go behind the dumpster unless you want to go there to smoke. There you go. Yeah. I'll ask you which dumpster when we get done so I'll know where to go. Oh, All there's only them. one dumpster, right? Or is there there's one only one building? there, but yeah. the, the other one there, too. There's only one dumpster that matters, Chris. Perfect. That's so. good. So All I dumpsters know, matter. Next time I go there, I know if my food is taking long to just, you know, Get like a police siren on my phone and walk behind the dumpster. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think you really want that. They're all going to hop in the car and leave. Oh, that is true. I have to go make my own sandwich. So. I mean, it's oh not that hard. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, uh, I did it. I hope I hope your ex-boss listens to this. <laughs> it's not oh, that I hard. hope she does. Oh, man. Oh, so. so what about you? What, what have you been tracking in the news? What are you interested in? I try to avoid it as much as possible, if I'm being completely honest here. Uh, my Facebook feed is mostly fish. And cars. turtles, no turtles. So, so what's the news in fish lately? Water temps are great for catfish. Water temps are great for catfish. Wow, that's good to know. That is really good to know. I saw somebody catch 
I want to say it was a 98-pound blue catfish out of Old Hickory. Holy cow. 98 pounds? Massive. How old is that thing supposed to be? You know, I'm really not sure. They're probably over 40 years old. If anybody knows Old Hickory, there's a lot of stuff down there for it to eat, but that's a big fish. Like, I cannot imagine a fish being 40 years old. That's, like, been alive most of the time that my dad has been alive. And how has it not been caught in 40 years? Maybe it has and got thrown back. Could have very well been caught and put at put back. But now, did they keep it, though? You know, I don't think they did. Yeah, why not? I mean, just let it live and see I, if it how long it stays. I feel like most people who catch the big ones put them back because they don't even taste that good. Oh, really? Everything I've heard says they start to taste bad after about 10 to 15 pounds. It's kind of like a pig. I've heard that, you know... If you're if you're raising meat pigs and they're boys, you have to like castrate them really young, otherwise they they taste really bad, like the meat does when they're Weird. older. I don't know. It's biology is strange. That's I mean, my kid weighs 101 pounds. That's a catfish about the size of my kid. If you want to think about something wow. crazy, start looking up pictures of uh, lake sturgeon. Lake sturgeon? They are massive. You're talking about the live. like the saltwater fish, the sturgeon, right? Or no, they're freshwater. Is it a freshwater yep. fish? And they live in the lake. Lake, rivers, they are three different kinds of sturgeon in the U.S. Uh, I want to say we just have the lake sturgeon in Tennessee. They went extinct naturally here in like the mid-90s, and then they put some more in the rivers sometimes in the 80s, I think. Why do you reintroduce a fish that's extinct? Like, uh, So it's not extinct? I think, so it's the same species, just not from here naturally, and they were just overfished here by commercial fishermen. Oh, they were overfished. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. I guess it, there's a cycle. I mean, there's a purpose for each type of fish, so there's right. got to be a cycle, so you want to well, reintroduce I'm like, them. I'm of the opinion that, like, if something goes extinct and it's not related to humans, then why are we trying to preserve well, it? A natural pr- progression, right? Right, yeah. If, it's, well, I mean, if it doesn't work, then let it die. Lions and tigers and bears and elephants and stuff, I think, go extinct because people hunt them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But yeah, I guess if you're a species and you have, you know, your natural progression is to now be extinct, yeah, maybe that's just the natural yeah. progression. And like, I, it's another thing is I've, this is a topic that was really old for me. I think it was like in mid college I was thinking about this. I had heard a story about this. They're reintroducing wolves somewhere. And it was, they had like an incident where like a wolf um, was harassing school children at a, at a uh, bus stop. And I'm thinking, like, why are we reintroducing wolves? Like, wolves are literally our our instinctual enemy. They compete for the same food as we do. They compete for the same land and territory. There's a reason that most of them went extinct is because they were our competition at the top of the food chain. If I ever find a wolf at yeah. my favorite Thai restaurant competing for my food, <laughs> it is on. Chris is getting the AR. It you is know on. what I mean? Yeah, I'm with yeah, you. Wolves love that pad Thai that you go get. So and extra spicy, extra spicy. It, where I live, seven. it's very rural, and we're. I hear. Um, I've never seen like bobcats and stuff, but I hear they scream like. Uh, it always they say it sounds like a woman screaming. And I feel like I've heard that from, it could be my neighbors, but I feel like I've heard that from time to time. But skunks and uh, bobcats, I guess, are pretty prevalent around here. I legitimately thought it was a woman screaming one time. Okay. And I was seriously worried, but it turns out, I mean, my, my the neighbor down the, this is at the, at the farm, my parents' farm. The neighbor down the way heard the same thing and he just, I mean, he realized it was bobcat. So I, when That's I called crazy. down there to make sure they were all right, I was like, yeah, it was bobcat. So, what is that uh, whistle? Um, a Mayan death whistle? 
I think I talked to you oh, about yeah. that. Oh, yeah. You wanted me to print I one of those. I want you to make one of those, yes. I don't know why, but I really want to go out at night and just blow that wherever I am. That is terrifying. Have you heard that thing? I have not. Do oh, you know my what we're goodness. talking about? No, I do not. It's this whistle that, according to the lore, the Mayans, when they would fight um, whoever they were invading, the night before the battle... They would go at, at night in the dead of dark and like go up in the hills and they would spread out like all around the battlefield and they would blow this whistle. And it sounds horrible. It, it sounds like somebody screaming for death. Yeah, it sounds like thousands of voices screaming in synchronous. Yeah, like per whistle. Yeah, like they're all dying at the same time. So they would nice. like go on the hills and like blow this in the dead of night. And I guess it would scare the hell out of everybody they were about to fight the next day and then they wouldn't <laughs> show up. Yeah, you, you know, listeners, you can Google this on or YouTube at Mayan Death Whistle. You listen to this thing. Like the original, there's some original video where there's a guy demonstrating it, and holy cow, it just sounds terrifying. Anybody it literally wanna, sounds terrifying. Anybody want to hide in some bushes by a certain dumpster and scare some people <laughs> taking the trash out? You know, my favorite videos on the interwebs is the people who, like, get one of these, and they go to random places and just blow it and catch oh people's reactions. I, I'm, I totally want one. If there's you a haven't, lot of potential. Yeah, there is. I, yeah. yeah, you got to look at these videos. That would fit in perfectly with like when I was in college during Halloween. I, I had a ghillie suit, right? And so I, I remember would, this ghillie suit. Yeah, you remember it? Oh my gosh, I love it. I still have it, but it's, I think it's like, I, I doubt it. Like, it's useful anymore. It's probably falling apart. Anyway, so I would hide in like bushes and, and trees. And, and my favorite, favorite thing I did in that ghillie suit. So. It takes a little bit of explanation. There was a there was a dorm and for some reason this dorm was like built on a large hill and there was a space between like the driveway and the dorm that acted almost like a drain and but it was it was open on one side and it dropped down and there was like a basement door down there or whatever. But if you walk all the way up to it, you're literally like you're at head level, okay? And you can see over it and you're like sta- you're standing in this thing and you're like beside the front door of the dorm. So I'm in this ghillie suit, okay? So I literally look like a bush because I'm. It's how could you tell that this random head thing sticking out that is covered in bush is is a human? So what I did is, as there was like a party in the debt dorm that night for Halloween, and as people would walk in and out of the dorm, I would say like, "Help me!" And they would like look around, start running around the building, like, "Who is it?" And I would shout, "Help!" And they would go back and forth because they heard it close. They could never figure out where it was. And oh. that was just the most entertaining thing because they would freak out. <laughs> They'd have no idea where it's coming from. That's awesome. It, if only you had the death whistle then. Yeah, dude, that would be insane. I would have I would have seriously frightened some people. I'm just curious as to where you got a ghillie suit because I've looked at them on eBay, but I've always been a little bit leery to buy the cheap ones. I found this one at some military surplus store on in in like the in like the middle of nowhere in Tennessee. Was it the one and, in Crossville? No, it was the one, uh, the Hartsville Highway and Gallatin. Oh, that one's long gone. That yeah. one's long yeah. gone. But it was Highway a little, uh, what was the name of it? North. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. It changed ownership like two or three times. I think it did. It was, was huge. Was, was, was it the Shadow time. Warrior? Shadow yeah, Warrior. Yeah, I think but it this, was. This was before that, though. I, it wasn't Shadow oh, Warrior. So when I was I got like this. 10? Yeah. So, yeah, you were. I was I was really young when I got it. I think I got it um, in, in high school, and it just happened to fit still in college thankfully so i, I took it there <laughs> as you do nice. as you do you know things you take to college ghillie suit oh, yeah check, if you, you got know. a ghillie suit but anyway i got it and i used it so much 
that it actually started to gather natural leaves and like branches <laughs> and crap on it. So it looked better as it got used. Like before, the first time, it just looked like a bunch of freaking string hanging off of, of a person. Now it actually has like leaves and, and foliage and all that. That's it's, called evidence. Yeah. But the cool thing is, it just got better and better. Wow. I spent like hours running through a, uh, um, like a, I think it was some summer camp we were doing Capture the Flag. And I spent like hours running through the woods only to find out that the game was over when I got out of the woods. <laughs> That's <laughs> insane. There's got to be some potential to get somebody to play a game of hide and seek and you know bet something and on leave it. leave them? Yeah. No, but bring your Put ghillie, the ghillie suit. suit on. Okay. They're not expecting exactly. you to wear a ghillie suit. You've got to have them count for like four minutes. There's nowhere in the rules saying that you can't no. have a ghillie suit. Oh, that's so wrong. Hide in plain sight. Although that's why it's fun. Another thing with that, we did like a haunted house um, or haunted woods in college, and I did the ghillie suit still there. I literally laid in plain sight where people were walking, and I had people stepping on me, and I would grab their feet and they would freak out and run away. But I literally had people stepping on me. I've got boots on, man. Like you can see my boots coming out of this ghillie suit. I have no idea, but just people don't expect it. It's crazy because you just don't expect it. So it's. I think it's my favorite. It's my favorite costume ever. It really is. That's insane. I think we all need ghillie suits. We do. I think I, I got. I got mine back in. Um... <laughs> I, did, I mean, I knew you were old. I didn't know you're that old. Oh. It's. It's. Oh, remember that moment when we said the... we're going to have to pause the show while we beat the guest. Yeah, there you Now's go. Now's that time. He's going to demonstrate some things he learned. You sure that wasn't well. Korea that you were in, Chris? And we're back from this break. <laughs> we just beat Elijah. Oh my! Oh man! Well, you know this. Another episode has um, come and gone. Uh, we appreciate our listeners, and we hope that you appreciate the vast amount of topics that we have covered all over the place. And hopefully, you get a little bit of entertainment out of it. Once again, sorry we missed last week. Um, not going to do it again. We hope, unless our lives get crazy again, which you is set highly the bar likely. High. It is very likely. But you know, we'll keep going. There's no reason for us to stop. So there you go. We haven't, well the plug has not been pulled yet. We have not been cancel cultured <laughs> Yeah, It is soon coming. We've talked enough about vaccines. And we're surprised. trying. So, you know, well, thank so. you for listening. Visit, uh, visit us on our website. Still love. Yeah, bro. Y a bro.com. That's still love. Yeah, bro. With a Y a.com. Uh, we have social media. We have uh, Anchor FM, which is where you can leave us a little voice message if you would like. You can leave comments on any podcast platform where we're available. That's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. And uh, if you like the show, feel free to subscribe and keep us downloaded. And come on the show. Yeah. Be like Elijah. Come sit and talk with us. He's a listener. Turned into a guest. So yeah. I mean, I broke into the building. He did. He was here when we he was walked here in. We got here. Yeah, so we figured. Might as well. I used my ghillie suit. It takes a long time for the cops to respond out here. So <laughs> we figured we'd get a show in. Enjoy this week, our friends. We will see you next week. Adios. Have a good one.